Welcome to another edition of the Final Whistle Podcast. Marvin and Weta, Ben Kane. We've been taking a little break of a break between our, our last pod, but we are back. We're going to get into so much on the show, Ben. But man, how are you, man? Long time no see. Today is a, it's a great day. Revs are at 7.30. Great game. Uh, Matt Turner's final game's coming up as well. That's kind of sad. But this episode is full of lineups, which we all know are my favorite thing. So I am very excited because I love stitching the other lineup. So it's going to be a good episode. I'm very excited. We have a lot going on on our on our pod today. We've got to talk about some of the U.S. men's national team performance. Obviously, they're going to have a World Cup to be played. We're going to be talking about that. Who should start? Who should be benched? Uh, then we'll also get into our underrated star in 11 from the 21-22 season. That's going to be fun between me and Ben. And then we'll go over some transfer talks because there's been some news going on throughout the world uh, of football with some of the transfers that have been going on, Ben, since now the official transfer window is open for the summer and so much more here on the Final Whistle podcast. But before then, let's get into a couple of stories that are uh, top headliners before we get into the U.S. men's national team. Pogba has um, made his return to Juventus. He will make his Pogba, who's once upon a time at Juventus in 2015, returning back to Juventus. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain will sack Mauricio Pochettino and Donny Alves, uh, your man, Ben. Uh, will leave Barcelona for a second time. Announcement came out today, and he will not return to Barcelona next season. Uh, and those are the top headlines that we'll, we'll me get into first that may not be on the show, but we'll maybe talk about that later. But, Ben, let's focus on the USA because El Salvador, my second native country, uh, put on a similar show yesterday. A lot of mud, similar to the 80s that people really followed it, of Diego Maradona's and a lot of what soccer fields used to be like. But the U.S. fought hard, and they get a point off of Jordan Morris's header, and the U.S. gets a point in a really tough environment, Ben, and they got a draw. So what was your initial takeaways from, from the match? I, I love the grit in this group. Right. So like this is obviously you're talking about the conditions. I think that's has to be the story of the game. The conditions they played in were terrible. Right. Um, and they performed well. It's a sign of a team that is full of confidence. Although they go down in the game, they're able to fight back. Um, obviously, Ethan Horvath as well making that error. So kind of makes a toss up for who's going to be the starting goalkeeper. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But Greg Berhalter coming out saying it's going to be the hot hands that goes into net so who's that going to be obviously Horvath's not going to get many minutes as well so yeah that's gonna be interesting as well as the whole Hadji Wright thing yesterday I don't know if you were reading about it yeah it was extremely interesting with Greg obviously Wright was not as clinical as he has been and we've seen him be for a while um and Greg Berlter basically coming out and saying he should have put those away um although those aren't really going to affect his selections in the future it's really interesting that your manager comes out and says that about you. So a lot of big storylines, but overall a good point for the U S in this group. Uh, I think the wrap up against El Salvador as well. I think people, you know, would say, you know, playing in, in the study of Cuscascan, it is very disappointing, but I think for me, Ben, the biggest takeaway for United States, as you mentioned, is that they, yes, they, they pretty much, I would say, show that grit, show that grind, that they can get results. I thought Musla, Eunice Musla was fantastic. I think there's a player that uh, really stood out. That was him. Um, I think also Jordan Morris, who, you know, has been, you know, dealing with injuries the last couple of years, come on and, and scoring a goal. I think there's some good takeaways there. Um, you know, throughout this whole process, I think, you know, these last couple of weeks with the United States, I think one of the key questions we wanted to find out is, you know, um, who's going to be the goalie and who's going to be the starting forward and who's going to be your, your starting, uh, you know, back four. You know, I think those are questions that I think for the most part you might have answered, or I would say maybe 80% of that is probably yeah. answered. But, I mean, I think, listen, every country right now, you see it from, from Germany, from, you know, what we saw in England, which we'll talk about later, France, I think every country right now has their own issues with some of their selections. So for the U.S., there's no kind of difference there. So I would say this is a good result. El Salvador, you know, brought 
a lot of grind, a lot of grit. But I think in the end, you know, you saw the conditions. It was actually really bad to play. And you saw how muddy they are. Literally, the uniforms were covered in mud throughout the whole game. And they, they fought. And I think, you know, their group is going to be a question mark. We'll get into that more when the World Cup gets closer. And I think, you know, we'll see who, you know, who's going to be that star in 11. But I, I just think this was a, a fair result. I think they showed a lot of grit. And then I think this is something they could take away moving forward. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, let's so Ben, let's get into players that stood out. I think I talked about Eunice Musla. The Nations League has been a player to stood out, but it, was there any player that stood out to you that would you say potentially could make it to Qatar in November? You posed this question to me, and I also put Musa. I, I just like the way I think in the the two games that the last previous two games. The one before uh, the El Salvador game, we saw Musa kind of more in a six role where he's able to facilitate making those quick, decisive passes while trying the whole possession. And then yesterday it was kind of him running more dogged in the midfield. So two different sides of Musa, but he's able to play both of those very well. Uh, in terms of, I, I think there's been a lot of questions around from me around mm. Anthony Robinson and how he's going to perform in this team. Um, and I think he kind of cleared up a bit of my questions over this break. And I yes. think he's the player. Obviously, for most U.S. fans, he was a guaranteed to start even. But I had a lot of questions of even should he get in this side over the likes of DeAndre Yedlin, Reggie Cannon. But for me, yeah. this break, he kind of solidified, yes, he does deserve to be in this group. So Anthony Robinson is my stick out, even though that's kind of a cop out, but I'll take it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I I like that Eunice Musso played really well, but I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Luca De La Torre. I really yeah. was impressed with him. I think this is a player that stood out. I mean, in that 5 nothing win over Granada, I mean, it was just absolutely – he was just – I know, you know, the main headline was Ferreira and scoring those four goals, but that wasn't even the player I looked at. I'm like, this wasn't his – you know, he was a player that obviously scored goals, you know, get the headlines, but I thought Luca De La Torre – Look, just looks fantastic on the ball, playmaking, a, a guy that could really play that number six. Musla really had to play well, I'll be honest with you, because I think there was a, a lot of people had question marks if Musla was going to be that starter and that maybe potential, you know, uh, four or even three midfielders, because I think Dilatore just has a composure, has a calmness to him. And I think in these last couple of, of games in the Nations League, I mean, he's just really sensational. And so I think he really earned – not only a spot in the World Cup, but I think potentially he could get a start in one of those really? World Cup games. I really believe so. I think he's really earned it. He's a really player that I, I it just brings a he brings some just level of calmness to to the game that I think you know in the U.S. midfielders kind of don't have. I, I I think you know I think you know Tyler Adams have a different type of of, of role, and so does Weston McKinney. I think those two are automatic. But then you get to Musla, who I think really stood out and it needed to st- stood out in order to keep his spot in that starting 11. But I think Dilatore is just a player that can even come off the bench and spring some some different level of 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 I would say game to the to the U.S. men's national team squad. But I mean, I thought he stood out. I think with the likes of Dilatore, like you're saying, kind of springboarding himself more into the conversation. Yeah. There's a bigger question around. There was this big three of Musa, Adams, and McKinney, but now they have De La Torre. They're going to have Aronson, who can drop back. Aronson can pretty much play anywhere in the front six. Right. And you're going to have Gio Reyna as well. So there's two different midfield groups that you can kind of use there. And Greg's going to have a really interesting time trying to figure out what's the right formula to get them out into the group uh, knockouts. Yeah, I I think that's going to be – I think that's going to be something that we're going to look like look look at especially with this u.s men's national team as options i think in the midfield even going forward you do have options despite you maybe not having having concerns with the number nine but i think even you can play a false nine try something different and then you can go with different options as you said but i mean i think they have plenty of options look at the latore is a player i mean you can even um go with kevin acosta who's a player as well that can come on and play you know a different role as well like but you do have options i think that's where i think they didn't have previously in that position. Now they do have plenty of depth to kind of help them potentially if they make a deep run at a World Cup. Yeah, he'll have Christian Roldan too, I'm sure, because he for some reason loves Christian Roldan and probably legit. So he'll, he, you're right. He's yeah. a lot of options here. <laughs> Definitely a lot of options. So Ben, let's get into 
uh, the question of who's going to be right now, in your opinion, this right now, not not later, right now, they're starting eleven going into Qatar. Joe, I'll give you, I'll give you my whole lineup. All whole right, let's see, let's see if we agree because I have, I, I have one. Hopefully, you agree, and I'll if if I agree, I'll just you know agree with you. But so go ahead. Do we? Here's here's the because I'm gonna go goalkeeper first. The okay. question is, is it who I think Greg thinks his strongest lineup is, or who do you, who I who I think Greg's is? Because that changes my goalkeeper. Because Greg, let's go right, with Greg. Let's go. With okay, Greg. so goalkeeper is Sean Johnson. Strictly off of what he has said, yeah, and Marvin's giving me a weird face right now. Strictly off of what he has said with wow. using the hot hand, NYCFC are doing pretty well in MLS. Yeah. You're not going to have Turner playing as many games as he did with the Revs come next week when he leaves. Uh, Zach Steffen obviously not getting as many minutes with Man City. He's still training at a high level, but if you're going with the hot hand, it's Sean Johnson. Uh, interesting. Left back, I would have put Cannon, but I'm going to put Anthony Robinson um, at left back. I think center max are Walker Zimmerman, and then it's a toss-up. You could throw Tim Ream in there, who's a very experienced guy, but he's not going to get in there. I yeah. think I think the strongest is Miles Robinson. And you, I think you think he makes it? Think I he think makes it, he makes it to November. I think so. I think Miles Robinson makes it as oh. that center back. I think, and I think the MLS connection with him and Zimmerman, Zimmerman's a lock for me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Agree. Robinson on the other side of him, yes. they Agree. work super well together. So if you're going to play Walker Zimmerman, I don't like Aaron Long. I don't think he's been that good, especially coming off that injury. So I'll take him. Right back, I'm going to go Serginho Dest. Uh, I just think he is someone, although he's kind of coming off injury right now, mm-hmm. he's he's unreplaceable on this team. And if you have Anthony Robinson on the other side, he can kind of hold back and you can let Dest run free and get forward more. Midfield, we just talked about. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go MMA of Musa, McKinney, and Adams with Adams holding. I think that's kind of a lock. Uh, left wing, I've got Pulisic. Now, this is where it gets tricky because okay. I would go Wea up top and Gio Reyna on the right, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think it's going to be Pulisic. Wea is going to be on the right instead of up front. And then yeah. the striker, this is where it gets tough. I think it's going to be Jesus Ferreira, and I wouldn't be mad about that. If we're going strict on Burhalter, and I think what I think that's, that's pretty smart of you, Ben, to say that because I think – he wants a striker because if it was me, I think I would play a false nine. Would you play Waya? I would. So here's here's my or, all right. So here's my. I'll start with the the front three. I'm gonna go Waya, Christian Pulisic, Brendan Erickson. Okay. I would go and I'll play either you know Christian. Or no, I'll go Christian in the left, and then you could go Waya. You, I think those three could kind of like. I yeah. think they could move around. They so, yeah, they can go anywhere. Um, but way as a starter for me, I think the problem with Reyna, I think Reyna, if fully healthy, he would start on the right-hand side. The problem is he's just been too injury prone and yeah. a player very fragile. So for those reasons, I think he will be on the bench, uh, especially what happened his last season. I, I think he's a player that is, as you see with, uh, with, uh, Asufati, you know, got called up, but didn't even play a minute because they know how you know fragile he is because he's gotten hurt for a long time. I think the same thing is probably going to happen with Gio Reyna. I think he's going to play that will make the World Cup uh, roster, but I don't think he's going to start. So I'm going to go Wea, Aronson, Christian Pulisic. And in the midfield, I'm going to go the three they mentioned, Musla, uh, McKinney, and Adams. And then for the, the four, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go Des on left. I think he's playing really well at, at left back where I'm like, I think he I think he could start a World Cup game at left back, even though I think Greg will probably go Miles Robinson. I think he's really consistent with that. Um, and then I'm going to go Zimmerman. And I, I agree with you. I'm going with Robinson. I think he's, he's I think he's, he I think he trusts him too much. I think as you saw with some of these other options, he clearly doesn't trust John Brooks at all. doesn't even get called up, so he won't make it. And then we saw Carter Vickers. And just, I mean, he's just not someone I just trust. And I think if Berhalter has to trust anybody, he's going to go with Robinson despite having an injury the way he had. And I think he'll make make it to the starting 11 at a World Cup. And then on the left, 
I mean, excuse me, on the right, I'm probably, I mean, they're going to go either, you know, Reggie Cannon or Christian Pulisic. I mean, excuse me, uh, Serginho Dest. So I think those are your four. And then the goalie, I'm going with Turner. I think he's going to go with Turner because throughout the whole qualifying, throughout the whole process, including some of these crucial games, he's been with Matt Turner. Zach Steffen, I think, has lost his job. I don't think he will cover his job. He will be the number two. And I think Horvat, after yesterday against El Salvador, I mean, that was a just a really bad mistake. You make that a World Cup, I mean, <laughs> people will not forgive you for that. And I think he will be the number three. And so I, I look at that. I think he'll choose Turner as his number one. Can I – if there's one name yeah, that yeah. you think isn't going to make it, that should, who would it be? Uh, at – you're any any position, any position. One name that's gonna get sh- like that that should be pushing for a starting spot in your eyes that doesn't get in. I Maybe, I have my. Go ahead first. I let me let me think about it. If gonna, you have yours, I'm gonna go with a young boy striker, Jordan Pifok. Who you don't think he'll make it? I don't think he's gonna make it. I think you think Pepe gets in. I think Pepe is is Greg Berhalter's favorite. No, I shouldn't even say that. I wow. think I think he brings. It's tough because he's gonna he's probably gonna bring Jordan Morris, and that's just not what he should do, but he's probably going to. Um I mean he has plenty of options. I mean that's that's Daryl DK as well is is in the mix. DK's a little bit. I, I think he's likely he looked like he didn't get called up. I don't think I mean again, it's still November. I mean, there's still plenty of months where we could see something, but like especially when a, a manager like Burhalter really trusts his guys. And you see it with a lot of these countries and these international managers, they go with their guys. I don't think Peacock gets in either. I think he is. He's good, but he's, he might be their best option though. If you like a traditional striker, yeah. Traditional striker, yeah. Which is crazy. But Jordan P Fox, my, my name that I think is going to get shafted. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think he's a name and I think, me, when I look at it, a player that will likely be left off. I, I was, I think he's gonna bring Pepe. I, uh, I personally don't think. I mean, if, if Pepe doesn't play, I would say if he don't score a goal or does something, because he did not score at all since he made his move to, to Germany. I think he's gonna get left out. I think he's gonna yeah. get left out. I, I, you cannot. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I agree in, in the hype and all that. But like in the end of the day, you just need to perform goals, and he's clearly just haven't done that with the U.S. or in, in his club. So I think he's a player that potentially could be left out, and a lot of people will not be liking this. But I think it wouldn't be a surprise for me. Yeah, not that's a, it's. I think it's gonna be a striker position that we're gonna see left out. I think yeah. It's gonna be someone in the front, in the front position that's gonna get left out. But so. that that's gonna be insane. But I mean, plenty of more U.S. men's national team talk um, as we get closer to Qatar. I mean, obviously, you know, November they have their, their next game is going to be against Wales at the World Cup. I mean, insane, Ben. We're kind of a hundred, I think, sixty days away from from the World Cup in Qatar. I mean, it's gonna be very exciting to see how this U.S. men's national team and Burhalter decides to do uh at the world cup and see what could happen um let's move on ben to discuss some of the european giants because some of the questions have been happening some of the results spain gonna win um italy not looking like the same team since the euros but i want to focus on two teams in general and so ben i'm gonna ask you the question who's should we worry about right now if you are a fan of this country should we be more worried right now of france or England heading into Qatar, Ben, in November. Who should be me? Who should we be more worried about, France or England? I'll start with you. Go ahead. It's got to be France. I mean, they were un. They lost or they didn't win four of their four games. They lost to Croatia or they lost once to Croatia, then tied them again. Uh, they lost to a Hungary. Not Hungary. I'm sorry. Uh, I write down. I think they lost. They lost mm-hmm. pretty much, mm-hmm. pretty much all their games, and they shouldn't have. Yeah, uh, they got. Was it fought? No, I, I am just. Yeah, yeah go ahead. No, nah, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm off it a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'll take it on England side here. Looking at the Hungary game as well as the Italy tie, you look at the lineup. Yes, England have a lot of players at this, their disposal who could make that jump into their best eleven. Yeah. When I look at that, those two lineups. 
I see Phil Foden and I see Kyle Walker and Raheem Sterling, and that's about it. So they're basically playing their second team in both of those games. They're able to get a good result against Italy, but Italy side struggling. So yeah, it's not terrible. Um, but the Hungries, I mean, the Hungry loss, I think that just summed up Aaron Ramsdale in itself. He probably should could have been the England starter, probably won't yeah. be, but using their second team players, I'm not too, too concerned with England. Um, obviously, they're games you want to win, but if you're using your second side, I wouldn't be too concerned over this because their first side did very well in the games before. I agree with you. I think I'm going to go with France. I think I'm not going to even – I look at the results and the performance. They've really struggled. They're in last place right now in their group and, and, and lost to Croatia. And then I think, Ben, and if you don't remember, and I always look like this, I think these games, especially leading up to the World Cup, and I know there's a couple more friendlies, I believe, for some of these nations before going into the World Cup. When you look at these results, and I remember when uh, Germany had so many struggling results, and I think and I told people, I'm like, they're, they're really struggling. I don't think – you know, people believe in this Germany team as they did in 2014, 2018. They were struggling going into 2018. And guess what happened? They didn't even passed the group stages. And so in, in, in these important games leading up to the World Cup, France are a team that, you know, they won the World Cup in 2018, but they just don't look like the same. There's Antoine Griezmann, who is completely just not the same player that he was. Uh, maybe you could say two, three years ago. He hasn't scored in the last, I believe, 33 appearances for a club or country. And, you know, Killian Mbappe could do so much. And then there's still just a lineup that they still just have not decided what to do. And players are older. Pogba is not there. You know, Nago Conte is, is, is getting a bit older. He's not the way he used to be. And so there's just so much uncertainty with this France team that I, I'm really worried. I mean, they're still one of the favorites. But I just believe France really fans to be worried about this team because this reminds me of 2018 Germany when people still believe that Germany had a chance and they didn't do it well. So this is the way I kind of look like this team, especially you to Croatia, who are a very quality team. That gives me some pause to concern. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you're right. France are still the front runners. I don't think people should look too, too much into this. Wait, wait you're, you're talking about it. You're saying France are the front runners to win the World Cup? I, th- I think, no, I think they're one of them. I still okay. think they're one of them. I, they're not the top. I think the top is, whew, I don't even know. No, I already know. I already know who's the, the front to win the World Cup. Who is it? Who do you it's think? Ar- it's Argentina. It's Argentina. See, I was going to say Brazil. I mean, Brazil, I, you can go one, two. Yeah, I go agree. But Argent- yeah. I think Argentina just because of form. They haven't lost in their last 18. They yeah. are one of the hottest teams going into the World Cup. And I just think so much confidence since winning the Copa America. I mean, this team is just really playing well. And I think they're a team that also reminds me of that 2014 Germany team that really just went on a tear and just completely just took over everybody in their in their and their way. And so that's kind of the way. Again, this is why it's so important for these games to really prep. That's why Mexico is a team that. I just don't think they can even pass the group stages. And they have won their last knockout group stages in the last, was it, I think, eight World Cups in a row when they got at least to the knockout stages. So I think this is where some of these games are so important. So I think Argentina is the favorite. Hmm. I, yeah. that's, these games, I think of, people forget, but these games are very important. I think especially just you're not going to have a lot of time to prep uh, – you know, until November for some of these nations, like the U.S., like this is why it's so important. Like some of the games to understand when your lineup, it has a feel of your what team you're going to have, because especially when you go in guitar, momentum is so important. Having confidence mentally and physically is going to be very important. So that's why you see so much players movement and all these, you know, uh, managers making changes because, you know, they know the value of, of a World Cup. And I think kind of that continuity is very important if people watch a World Cup. Let's get into the most underrated star in 11. So Ben and I kind of, uh, we wanted to give our 11 and really focus on the 21-22 season. We have our star in 11. Ben has a star in 11. I have my star in 11. So we're going to go, let's go as we always go. We're going to guard with defense and goalie and then et cetera. Ben, you could start first. Give us your, your goalkeeper and your starting back four, or if you have a back four. So my, yeah, it's about, I'm playing a 4-3-3. Okay. So goalkeeper to know, I think we talked about him last few shows ago. Now, um, is he underrated? I think so. It's my nan. Um, 
I think, yes, he was the Serie A's best goalkeeper this year for AC Milan, but people do not realize how good he has really been. Yeah. Um, he had a crazy sh- clean sheet record this whole season, so easily he's in there for my underrated goalkeeper. Back four, me and Marvin talked about this for a long time where we were sitting before the show <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. Um, so originally at left back, who did I even? I had, I had Teo Hernandez. Uh, mm, I didn't put that one. I put Matt Target at left back. Wow. A player at ever, uh, Aston Villa uh, coming off of a move from Southampton, doing very well. And then all of a sudden, Luca Digne comes in. Where does Matt Target go? He goes to Newcastle, and he really helps this Newcastle team play well. So he's a very underrated player in the Premier League. Two center backs. I've gone with Kyle Walker Zimmerman uh, and Almeric, Almeric Laporta. Uh, I don't think people understand the impact Laporta has had on Man City this season, playing alongside Ruben Diaz for most of it, where he is the primary ball hand uh, facilitator in this team where you're not seeing John Stones player anymore. So Laporta has to pick up the scraps and his link up play with Rodri, with Bernardo Silva, all these center mids, Gundogan as well. Very influential. Kyle Walker Zimmerman, you can't really talk enough about how good he's been, especially for the U.S. men's national team when it seems like it was going to be Tim Ream and John Brooks, but now Zimmerman is doing fantastic uh, as well for Nashville. And then right back, I've gone with Tomayasu from Arsenal. Uh, Tomayasu can do it all. He can step into the midfield and play that center defensive mid role facilitating. He can play as a traditional right back, making those overlapping runs, and he can one-on-one defend something that Trent Alexander-Arnold cannot do. So he (laughs) will be my right back. Ah, okay. Well, that's a hell of a list. Uh, That's a really good list. Now, I have a couple of names that I don't think you know, but I really did come my research. I'm going to go my goalie, 22-year-old Portuguese international, Diago Costa, goalkeeper for Porto, 15, 15 clean sheets and helped Porto win the, the Portuguese first division. I think he's fantastic. He's really put him a name. If you watch him closely, he's a name that's now in the mix of who's going to be in the starting, uh, like, number one for Portugal. I think there's some names. Jose Sa is another one from Wolves, I think, is another name to mention. I mean, Ruben Patricio is probably a name that, potentially could keep his role but I think Diago Costa 22 years old just looks really good people go watch him I mean he's just a really good goalie his value right now is about 40 million but he's really good right now I think he's 15 clean sheets he's really helped Porto do well I think he's a player very underrated not people a lot to talk about I saw him I think one game in the Champions League just terrific I'm going to go with England international from AC Milan Tamore I think he's a player in my opinion I really, Ben, I'm going to be honest with you. He should be ahead of Harry Maguire. I don't know why managers sometimes just have to be stubborn and going with their guys. But when someone's struggling so much like Harry Maguire, you got to go with some of these hot names right now. And I think Tamora has been fantastic. Help Milan win the Serie A. And I think they're just one of the just great names out there. I, I think he's fantastic. Great, strong ability to win on the air. And then he just had a great partnership helping Milan win their Serie A title. So I'm going to go with him. Next name, I'm going to go with Paul Torres from Villarreal, who helped them get into that semifinals in the Champions League really well on the ball. I think he's a name that Spain will watch in the World Cup if people are paying attention. He's a name that potentially could be in that starting back four. I don't know if he will, of Luis Enrique, but he was really well. He's been linked to a lot of big teams. Really underrated, has a great left foot, can play on possession, can stood out. I mean, he sometimes has to wash his hands, but I think he's a great player. He's tall. He has a great left foot. He's kind of like Laporte, but a little younger than him, and he plays on a team that really helped. He really was carrying that Villarreal team. One of those names that you look at in that semi semifinal Villarreal teams, very underrated. And then left back, I'm going to go with Nuno, Nuno Mendes. I really thought he was really good. And for the what PSG had to pay for, I think this is a bargain. I think $40 million. I think they had a loan with an option, which they did. They um, opted to buy him. Nuno Mendes, it will, I think, will start the World Cup. I think, you know, Guerrero's, I think, is a player that, you know, people have, have known. But Mendes has speed. He has agility. He has a good crossing. He has a good touch. 
Um, I think he's a player that you may have to watch at the World Cup, and he just plays well at PSG. I think he's going to be their left back from years to come, and I think potentially if things don't go well at PSG, he can make a new a move to another big squad. Um, I think he's so well. And then I'm going to go with another name. He played for Unese, right? Right back. I'm going to go with Yarmil Molina, the starting right back for Argentina. Now, people don't know. He has six assists, six appearances, six goals. I did not look this up, but, I mean, he's a player that I think people don't know. He was linked to Barcelona in the transfer window. He's been linked to a lot of Premier League teams. He's just a player that just has a lot of composure. He's a player that will start, and I think he will be well more known with uh, what he does with Argentina because he's just really good. He's only 23 years old, has a lot of lots of experience still to go, and I think he's a player that I think in – he will make a big move either this window or the next window, but be a player that I think people will remember. It's a very, it's a very good back line. Yeah, I'm proud yeah. that we didn't have any, I'm proud we didn't have any spillover. It's very good. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so my midfield three. Yeah. I, it's very defensive, but I'm okay with that. Okay. I've gone Tonali from AC Milan, 36 okay. games playing this guy. And he was just a tank. Ooh, I was actually, he was a consideration as well. So go just, ahead. Just a tank in the midfield. Amazing. Facilitating wise. And just, he was one of the main reasons AC Milan were able to do this well. And he's so young. I think he's 22. Um, bright future for Tonali. So yeah. good for him to get in there. My CDM is, he might be one of my favorite center mids to watch. Mm-hmm. And that says something. I've gone with Pierre Emerick Hoiberg, or yeah, wow, from the old Bayern Munich center defensive mid, then went to Southampton, now is at Tottenham, and I just think the way he's able to control this Tottenham team because when you're moving forward, Kulaveski's in there, Bentancur, uh, Huming Son, Harry Kane, all these guys are just trying to get forward. But he's like yeah. the quarterback of this team trying to pace the play. How can they, yes, get forward fast on the counter? How can they build up slowly? Something he does so well. And like a lot of the players that are very good center defensive mids, he's aware of his surroundings. And if let's one of the right backs or the left backs goes up, he'll immediately drop back in and act as that third center back. So very, very good player. Um, and this is a player I think we're both going to put down. And I'm shocked if you don't. The okay. other center mid, Rodrigo DePaul. Uh, I just, I had him on the list. Didn't put him in, had him on the list. I just think I, we've talked too, too much about him. So I don't really get too, too much into it, but the way he is, he just ticks his mind on where he knows where everyone around him is on the field and how to make the perfect pass. And he starred for Atletico Madrid starred for Argentina. One of the main reasons they got the Copa America last year. Yeah. Excellent player. Rodrigo DePaul. I like that list, Ben. That's a well, well placed <laughs> list. Uh, I think I will top you though. I believe my list. Okay. Uh, let's go with my first midfielder. I'm going to go with Joshua Kimmich. For the last five seasons, Ben, he's had at least double digits assists. For the last five seasons, he has. So last season he had 11 assists. The year before, 10 assists. The only season he didn't have double digits assists was the 1920 season. Only had seven. Before that, 13, and then. They had 17, 18 seasons at 10. Most underrated player on Bayern Munich. We talk about Lewandowski, Goretzka. Um, we talk about, you know, even their back four for a long time. But Joshua Kimmich has been a player, 27 years old. I think especially the way Germany plays as well. And for Bayern Munich, he's a key in their midfielder. Just fantastic playmaker. Um, can play versatile positions as well. A playmaker, as we saw. I mean, I think he's a player that we do not talk about enough. I have him as an un, on my midfield. And then I'm going to go with Federico Valverde from Real Madrid. I think this is a player that's not talked about enough. I think we talked about him in the Champions League, you know, what he did in that assist. But, I mean, I mean, he's just a fantastic player. I mean, he, his – I mean, he doesn't do it for an assist or goal. And I think that's sometimes what we don't think about. But he's a player that if without Real Madrid, if, we, if he's not on that team, Real Madrid don't win the Champions League especially that says with Vinicius and also Uruguay. Uruguay really need a player like him because, you know, for a long time they were just getting older and older and he's brought a youth and, and just a style and a, a certainty to that Uruguay national team that really helped them 
push because there were a while that Udoi wasn't going to make it to the World Cup. There's a lot of questions. He helped them help their midfielder, help around Madrid, and I think he's going to be in then in my midfield. And then my last name, I'm going to go with this, and this is where people, I hope you enjoy this. I'm going to go with Christian Eriksen. I'm going to go with Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen, um, you know, last year in the Euros, we, we know what happened. He had his cardiac arrest, and, and it was really unfortunate. But when he came back for Brentford, 11 games, one goal, four assists, he, you could make the argument single-handedly, he helped this team stay in the Premier League. I mean, he could do that. I mean, he was just fantastic. He was great. And I think he's a player that potentially has been rumored to so many clubs. You know, he couldn't play an Inter because of he can't couldn't play for, for many reasons. And I think Antonio Conte has been linked to rumors that he wants to return to Tottenham. So Christian Eriksen, for what he done in the Denmark as well, I think he's going to be a player to watch at the World Cup as, you know, as a player that's going to play make, uh, be a player that could take his free kicks, penalties, and help Denmark potentially make a run. We saw what Denmark did last Euros. I think... Christian Eriksen is one of the most underrated players, undervalued players. I think he's a player. We obviously knew what happened, but he's just a player that just, if you watch him play, you just know how, how special he is. I think it's also noteworthy on Eriksen is I think in his very first few touches for Denmark coming back from the collapse, he scored. Uh, so fantastic choice. I, I do like though, how we have midfield where most of them aren't the flare attacking midfielders. They're the more, Eight, like the traditional eight where they're getting forward yeah. but also defending which is definitely something to note where not a lot of players who defends are uh, are highlighted but yeah my front three yeah. let me let me start off with probably the most underrated Bayern Munich player because it's not Joshua Kimmich it has Ooh. to be Serge Nabry I don't know, Ben. I don't know. Go gotta ahead. remember it. Serge is 26 years old, coming off a season, Bundesliga, 34 appearances, 14 goals, six assists. You're looking at this team and you're like, ah, Ribery's gone, Robin's gone. Who's going to replace them? And they brought in Douglas Costa, so that didn't work out. They brought in Ivan Perisic, and they look at the guy from well, I don't even know where he came from. Shelcom, I think. Well, oh, it was Verde Bremen. Verde Bremen. And they bring this guy in who came off Nastonville, uh, a West Brom loan, mm. and he just starred. And especially this season, uh, links. I think he's he's jumped transfer value. If I'm not mistaken, he was like 20 million last year. He's now worth about 80 million this year. People don't talk about him enough because they have Leroy Sané to talk about. But Serge Gnabry, excellent. On the right, I don't know if he can play as a winger, but I'm gonna stick him there because I can. Okay. Canadian superstar Jonathan David. Ugh. <laughs> go ahead uh you got him yes yeah I, I, I don't i don't but i i gosh because that's a hell that's a great choice <laughs> great choice great great pick go ahead 38 goals for Lille, 15 or 30 38 appearances excuse me 15 assists and a Lille team that won league one last year he's only 22 years old what a player he is linking up with tim way on the other hand side and he's become one of the most prolific goal scorers in the world, really, when you're looking at names of strikers to bring in, Jonathan David immediately is at the top of that list. So has to be Jonathan David. And then this is this striker is one of the world's best, but no one talks about him. 31 appearances in Serie A, 27 goals and three assists. It's Chiro Immobile, a player you, you think about him and you're like, he was just flopped at Borussia Dortmund, but he went to Lazio and the past two seasons has been the top goal scorer in Serie A. He's incredible and he helps basically just carry this Serie A uh, Lazio team on his back, getting into the national team as well when they didn't have a striker, comes in a few years back and really just takes a name for himself. So Chiro Mobley is my striker. All right, that's a hell of a list. I like that. Um, Jonathan Davis is probably the one that I think that 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 deserves a, a well well placed Ben on on your on your scouting team and all that because that was that's a, a good one. So here's my starting front three. I had three. I'm gonna start with. I'm gonna basically move them around because I think they can. Yeah. On um, my left winger, I'm gonna go Young Ming Song. I think he's the reason why I put him is because he was left out. 
um, player of the year. He was left out to start in 11, in which I, I think for some reason, someone made a mistake. I think, you know, Sadio Mane is great, but I, Young Ming Song was the top, one of the top scorers. It doesn't make any sense for me, but whatever. Uh, Young Ming Song is such a fantastic player. I mean, his stats, we, we don't have to go over 23 goals, seven assists. I mean, help Tottenham, him and Harry Kane single-handedly helped Tottenham get into the Champions League. 35 goals. He's been fantastic. And for Korea, I mean, he's 13 matches, seven goals. He, he's why South Korea is in the World Cup as well. Remember what he did in 2018. I think he's a player that hasn't been talked about clearly because the media doesn't notice him, even though he had 23 goals and all competition. So I put him on this list. Um, I'm going to put him on the right wing, even though he doesn't, but I had to make room for someone else. So I'm going to put Rafael Leao. I think he's a player that, again, another Milan player was linked to all these teams right now. He had a great season, if you don't know. He had 11 goals, 10 assists, was fantastic for Milan. I think he's 23 years old. He's a player that I think we potentially watch with Portugal in the national team. I'm not sure he will see him enough, but there's a chance. Um, Made a move a couple seasons ago to AC Milan. First season, wasn't sure. Six goals, one assist, and then he just improved every single season. And so he's a player that really, you could arguably say, you know, him, Giroud, Slatan, were all those three players. I think Rafael Leal, especially in those last couple of games, and if you saw him in those last couple of games, when Milan needed those three, three points, he was just fantastic with his runs, his dynamic playmaking. He can play the forward position. He can play the wing position. I mean, he could really be very versatile uh, in that front three. And I think what Rafael Leal is, is fantastic. I have him. And then my striker, I'm going to go with Lothabo Martinez from Inter Milan. He had one of his best seasons this season, and people just forgot because, you know, last year he played with Lukaku, and he Lukaku was the big name. Martinez, you know, with Argentina has been fantastic, but looking at what he did with Inter, 21 goals, three assists, you know, in 35 matches. He, this is more what he had last season. He hadn't hit 20 goals for Serie A in his career with Inter Milan. I think he's one of the most underrated strikers in the world. And then with Argentina in the World Cup qualifying, look at this, 14 matches, seven goals, three assists. I mean, he has a great link and play with Lionel Messi. He plays, He, I think, in my opinion, he will be the starting striker for Argentina at the World Cup. And I think he's going to be a player that I think Arsenal were linked in potentially yeah. to get him a couple of years ago, even last season. I think he used to go all in. He's a player that really has increased all the way. He's a work. He reminds you of Carlos Tevez, kind of the way of uh, even close to Sergio Aguero because the way he runs, the way he possesses the ball, the way he can play behind his back. I think Lotavo Martinez is one of the best striker names that we kind of forget you know, at Inter Milan, but he's fantastic. Let's, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll put up the poll again on oh, social yeah. media. We'll let people vote. I think we've we've given two very good lists. And it, the fact that we didn't have any spillover means that these players truly are underrated if we're I, kind of I, misunderstanding I, or not thinking about them. Go ahead. I was going to say, Ben, but I did not put any Barca players. I said to myself, I'm not putting Barca players. I could have. I could have put you know a couple of players that are underrated, but no, I was going to go with a list that I've really did research on. Scouting team, everybody's high fine high right now because we really did well. <laughs> I think yours was really well. Jonathan Davis might be the one that I probably would have put on my list if I thought about it twice, even though that's kind of uh, a really good list of yours. But man, that was that was a hell of a pick. I will say you kind of set it up. You were talking about this like fan favorite player in your center mid. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to say Ricky Push is in the team and he wasn't there. <laughs> oh man, he's been on the news. Oh man, uh, for other reasons that we won't discuss on this yeah. on this pod. But anyway, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, much more when we come back. We'll get into some of the transfer talks and much more when we come back. All right, coming back, transfer talks. Ben, we'll get into some of our top transfer stories of the week. Um, obviously, I gave some of the names that are uh, leaving, uh, you know, in this transfer window. Donny Alves, uh, Pug Pugba, both are making moves to different clubs. Hopefully, Donny Alves potentially will see him in the World Cup if he makes another move in the European team. But we don't know. Um, but, man, what was your top story for this transfer window of the week? I mean, obviously, there was a lot going on. I've gone Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax to Great Bayern. Name. I mean, I, I thought you were going to have him. I didn't have him my underrated because, uh, for, I also, yeah, I but he was in consideration. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was thinking about putting him as well. I just think 
he's probably going to be one of the best midfielders in the world. Will be. Um, and the fact that he he didn't even cost that much. It was 25, probably, about 25. Yeah. Paid him off. It was just a great deal. And great the business. fact that they'll have him, Goretzka, and Kimmich all in the same midfield at the same time is going to be incredible. Bayern, once again, doing a fantastic bit of business. So, yeah. Ryan Gavin Merch. Another notable name from last mm-hmm. week, I had Diego Carlos um, to Aston Villas from Sevilla. Astonville really lacking on a center back and they've picked up a very, very good one. So those are my two big names uh, as well as the stinkiest signing of the window. And I, I think it will be, would be uh, who, who Darwin Nunez. Oh, that was because you, I'm glad you said that, Ben, because I have him as one of my top transfers. You really don't. Believe, I believe in here. Here's how far I believe in Darwin Nunez. I think Ben, I've watched him in Barcelona, played him a couple times. I saw that Liverpool game against Glimpse of Fernando Torres. I'm not saying he will be. If you watch peak Fernando Torres in 2007, 2008, that was peak Fernando Torres. But gives me Glimpse of Fernando Torres. I will say that on the record. I think he will be that player for Liverpool. I'm glad they did a great business. Uh, with the departure potentially of Sadio Mane going to Bayern Munich, they will have money there to put in, into that deal. So potentially you might have paid 25, even 30 million of your own pocket and have potentially just 40 million from the Mane deal. And so that's, I think, great business for Liverpool. I don't think this is a bad deal at all. I don't know why I, you may think this is a, a bad one, but I think Nunez will not disappoint. I've seen him play. He's decent, but I've been reading a lot. And there's okay. a lot of comparisons to a certain God, where is he? Is he what, now? I don't know. There's there's a few comparisons. Well, to a certain... I think I think Torres, Fernando Torres is the player. I think he's a little more versatile than Torres, but yeah. the way he makes his runs just gives me Fernando Torres vibes. There was a there was a former Liverpool player that was able to make those runs before he went to Liverpool. I think he was at a, if I'm not mistaken, Newcastle. Uh, his name is his name is Andy Carroll. <laughs> you wow. There's a lot of comparisons between Darwin Nunez and Andy Carroll, and we all no. know how Andy Carroll turned out for no. Liverpool. Um, don't believe it. Don't believe. Don't believe Ben. Please, I I just don't, I don't. Liverpool don't have much luck when it comes to strikers. Recently, they've done decent with Luis Diaz and Diego Jota, but I mean, I wouldn't even consider Bobby Firmino a success. So. You're looking hit or miss with Darvin Nunez. I think he's going to be a miss. I think, well, here's here's another point to be valid, and I think this is one. He's from Uruguay, and we know Uruguay strikers produce very good strikers. We have Edison Cavani. We have Luis Suarez, who went to Liverpool, mind you, as well. I mean, he came from Ajax. People didn't even know if this guy would even succeed. And then Suarez turned into Luis Suarez that we know and love. I think Nunez is just a, a, I think he's a difference maker. I, I think Liverpool understood that after the Holland deal, they had to make a move into their position as well as we see Manchester City introducing Aaron and Holland to what they did. But I think Nunez is just, I think he's versatile than Holland. I think he's more versatile than Holland. I think he can even play in the left. I don't even think he starts in, in the first game of the Premier League season. I don't think he starts. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think that's fine because eventually Firmino will leave. And eventually he will work his way into the club way. And I think it'll work. I think I so much believe in this player, Ben. I think he will have at least 15 goals in all competition next season. I just I, think, I, 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 that's how I, I think he will do that well. I think what, especially needs, what he did in the Champions League. Yeah. No, I think he needs another stop, though. I don't, I, there's not too, I mean, Ruben Diaz is one of the, an exception. I, don't, I think it's too big of a jump from the Portuguese league to Premier League. I think okay. he needs another stop somewhere to gain more valuable minutes. Like if you're talking Erling Holland goes from Salzburg to Man City. Yeah. It, 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 you don't know if that's going to work out. The fact that he came from Borussia Dortmund. Also, mind you, he was a lot less or a decent amount less than Darwin Nunez, but he, Darwin Nunez needs a, a stop somewhere to gain more valuable minutes in a bigger league than the Portuguese league. Throw him in the Bundesliga for a, a season and then let him come. But I think it's, I think it's too early. I, I disagree. I mean, I respectfully disagree. I think he will be a name that I think potentially could uh, just I, I think he'll be a name that Holland and him will be talked about comparison link to link when when it's all said and done. I think so. Um, let's get into another transfer. Uh, Real Madrid made 
you know, I, I think that's one that we got to talk about, but I'm not going to go there. I think we'll, we'll get into that later. I think Real Madrid has still a couple business. I'm going to go a name that I think potentially will make the move. And I think people have been linked in. Jules Conte from Sevilla. And I think he will make his move to Barcelona. I've been hearing reports that that will potentially be done because in the next tomorrow, I think that will be the socios will meet in Barcelona that will boost up their financial issues and they will have a positive um, money, which they be able to spend money. And then Frankie de Jong potential departure could help them. And I think they will boost up their defense. I think he's a name that I think we should look out for as a player that, you know, will replace eventually PK who shot obviously been on the news for the wrong reasons um, <laughs> as well. But I mean, I think he's a player that I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's really well. I'll, uh, I'll check one more quick name out there. Go ahead. Adam Buxa, New England revolution, $8 million. He goes to rents in league one, trying to get some valuable minutes to get in the port Polish national team for the world's cup. He's going to make it, but a huge loss to the, the revolution faithful, but supposedly Christian Benteke is being rumored with the revs. So we'll see how that one goes. Yeah, it's very early um, in their transfer window. I mean, nothing's been kind of completed still yet. I mean, a name that I could say really quickly is Pablo Torre, who has been announced as a Barcelona player as well. Officially, he's more official uh, for $5 million from Racing Santander. I think he's a player, as I talked about, been in this podcast. A player to watch. I'm telling you right now. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's Pedri, but I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure if you're Chavi, I think you're setting midfield. I think you got three good, different versatile midfielders that could help you in the long term, and then eventually you gotta get someone that could help um, Busquets as well. And by the way, one more name that I forgot to mention. This is a U.S. player, Brendan Aronson went from yep. Salzburg to Leeds United. I mean that. That's the one I think kind of – I mean, Jesse Marsh is obviously a player that knows him well, that league very well, even that team. He used to manage that team. But Aronson, I think, will be a great player in the Premier League. Uh, one one quick one. Mm-hmm. Erling Holland is signed. About seven hours later, Scott Carson, the 42-year-old goalkeeper, oh, has signed another go. deal with Man City. Oh, there you go. Chuck that one in there. <laughs> there you go. Um, we'll get into much more transfer – transfer news and talks much more here uh as we get more information it just started so we're kind of like maybe 14 days into this transfer window so i think there's a lot more moves that potentially could be made all right coming back football this is our weekly trivia segment that obviously me and ben have to discuss i have most of mine are world cups i'm gonna be biased right now ben so uh let's first hear of what you got for me as you're starting to let me Coming off an international break, I had to pick one of the saddest international breaks. Uh, it's a game ended 2-1. The USA lost. They didn't make the World's Cup. It's their lineup against Trinidad. Oh, man. Uh, oh, so they played man. in a 1-2-1-2. Oh, two, one, two. So we'll do... Four, was it 4-what? Four, 4-1-2-1-2. Four, one, two, one, two. Um, so they had one... Uh, we'll do back four and goalkeeper holding mid in the two center mids and then uh like the attacking mid and the two strikers so I'll, I'll let you start off with the goalkeeper tim howard that's easy yep that's easy. all right um yedlin omar gonzalez uh let's go john brooks and then let's go with each i got no idea who left back um let's go with uh the marcus beasley Okay, so you've gotten Tim, obviously. Yeah, Lenning and Omar. Omar, by the way, has just come out that he's not even playing for the Revs tonight, so thank the Lord for that. <laughs> um, yeah, check out check out our interview with a uh, special shout-out to Brad yeah. Feldman's interview where he absolutely said Omar should not be playing. Uh, yeah, definitely was- check that out. Yes, that's available on Spotify right now. Ben had an interview with uh, Revolution's play-by-play. Definitely check that out. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so Omar, you got right. Matt Beasler as one of the center Oh, man. Matt Beasler from the 2014 World Cup. My man. Oh, go ahead. And Jorge Villafania. Yeah, no way. Left back. No yeah, way. I, wouldn't have, I knew he played, and he was in and out for a while under Bruce as well, but he was a nice so. Okay. I love it. Let's first start with the U.S. 
uh, men's national team question for the World Cup. Who was the last? This one should be easy. Hopefully, you get the track. Who was the last player to score at a World Cup for the U.S. men's national team? Then it's a forward. It's, yeah, so it's the it's the Belgium game. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God. The forward. Did you? Uh, it, it's either it's either Dempsey or it's Julian. No, I think it's Julian Green. I think it's Julian Green. I think that was the game he scored. That your final answer? Yeah, Julian Green. Correct. I I had this. Let's go. I thought I was considering Clint, but I don't think he scored in that game. No, that's that's Glasgow. Yeah. So, there we go. That was, uh, yeah, that was when Julian Green was really hyped. He was kind of that one player that we thought was going to be the next kind of name, which... I mean, he sort of got into the U.S. team, but eventually kind of sold out. So, yeah. He got a call up over the summer. He was, in the, he was in the squads for a while, too. He's been yeah. in it. So, but, you're right. He's not the name he was. Yeah. All right. All right, Ben. Holding center mid and then two kind of eights, I would say. It looks like it looks like they're I'm gonna I'll give you a hint they're more mm-hmm. outside in the center mids there are they're more outside wingers so it's kind of a 4-1-2-1-2 one, two, and two wide with a right so mid let me go with the guy playing deep I think that I'm gonna go with uh, Bradley okay alright and then the two other man ooh 2017 jeez long time ago wasn't it uh all right, let me let me ask for a hint. Is are they did they play for the MLS? Yes. Both yeah, of them. yeah, they both did. I was trying to think about it. Yes. Uh, okay. At the time. Hmm. All right, let's see. No, no way. No, he didn't play for it. No, he was. I think he was at the team. I'm thinking of 2014. It's kind of a because I'm I'm trying to some of those players were back in 2014. Not sure. So they, you said they were wide, but they could play. They were playing center. I think. I think they were more wide. I think it was more wide. Looking at who the people are, I think they're more wide players. Okay, more wide. No, was he? I don't think he. Was. Gee, wow! I really blank right now. Oh my god, damn! I might lose today. <laughs> uh, all right, definitely Bradley on that. Definitely Bradley, I guarantee that. Because um, I know they were really struggling. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... They play in MLS. They both still play in MLS. Still play. All right, what conference? Um... One's, one's in the east. I think they're both knees. They're both knees. Okay. <sighs> they're wide players that can play middle, but then they play me unless. Oh my goodness. I am blanking right now. I have nothing. I have really. Damn. Wow. I'll, I'll give you a hint. One's a left mid and one's a right mid. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's. I love that, Ben. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you're great. Um, let's go with. No, I'm not gonna go with that. No, it's not a good. That's not a. That's not a good one. Damn. I'm just thinking of the jerseys. Oh my goodness. Um, playing in MLS at the time. Let's go with. Um, Sheesh, uh, I, I'm really blanking right now. I really don't have. Uh, I'm. I'm just gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Acosta. Okay. Alan Acosta. I think he's a left footer. Uh, and then right. I'm gonna go with. Jeez, I man, I should have went back. I was, I, you know, Ben. Sometimes I go back and just watch random games, man. And one of these years, <laughs> I, I, I would have had an idea if I, you asked me. Damn, I, this is really, this is probably one of the worst list. I'm gonna go with, uh, ooh. let's go with, let's go with. I'm gonna just go with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Paul Yola. So 
Bozeman guys. You pulled, you pulled that one out of nowhere. Paul Ariel was on the right. <laughs> no way. Oh my god. So you're, you're five for eight right now. You oh got Bradley, god. obviously, because I think Bradley was no, he was at Toronto. He was in Roma. Uh, left was uh, Darlington Nagby, who is, oh, I believe, is on. Oh Columbus my Curry. god! I literally had him in mind. Oh my god! Oh my god! I literally was thinking Nagby the whole time, but I couldn't get myself to wrap into that. Oh my god! What? Yeah, Darlington wow. Nagby. So you're five for eight. You're five oh for eight. My you're doing very well. You're wow. getting. Wow! Like I literally had a pull out of that. Wow. Okay. Well, here you go. Next question. I had to work for that. My brain recovering. All right, here we go. All right. Name one player. You, well, excuse me. Only one player has scored more goals at a World Cup than Diego Maradona. Who is that? I'll give you three options. Okay. Mario Kempes. Okay. Leo Messi. Gabriel Batista. Crap, I thought it was Diego Forlan, but he didn't say his name. No, so I said Argentina that's... Argentina players. So this is oh, oh. So yeah, I gave you three Argentina players at a World Cup. So this is all time goals for Argentina. So it's Cup. not who so who are the other uh, Batista? I think Batista, Lil Messi, and then Mario Campos, who won the nineteen seventy eight World Cup for Argentina. This one you're it's not... this tough. This one's tough. It's not messy because I'm right, thinking about messy. all the World Cups I've seen, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. messy. All right. Well, all right. Let's go. Let's see what you got. I'm going to go Batista. I don't know why. Something about it. Wow. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going to go Batista. You're correct. Yes. Wow. Two for two, Ben. Perfect. This, oh this might God. be my best one. If I get this last one right. Yeah, you win. You go perfect. I do 100%. win. All right. Let's go. All right. Let's go to the front. I, this is saying they're playing like a, a, a cam and then two strikers. Okay. I think that's how they lined up. It's a weird mm. player in cam, but so the cam and the two strikers, I'll guess. Okay. I think so. Christian Pulisic is one. Okay. Clem Dempsey is two. Um, let's see for three. Josie was in the name. Now I could go with Josie, but I don't think he was a starter. Um, or was he? I'm just maybe blanking. Chris Wondolowski was also in his prime at this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still, still kind of uh, arcs of 2014, but that's another day for another hour. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you're a legit fan. You remember that. Uh, for USA. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Uh, all right. Did all right, one, Did one of those players play in MLS? Just give me a yes or no. That's all I need. Oh, I think I know who it is, but I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, at, a, at a point, in, at a point in time, both of them played in the MLS. I couldn't tell you a yes or no, but at a point in time, they both played in the MLS. Both strikers. Ooh! All right, now I'm gonna like I'm just gonna f myself. I have a name, but I if I, I I'm gonna I'm not gonna do the same thing I did to Nagy. Cause I literally had my name for like five minutes and just didn't want to put it. Um. All right, here we go. So I definitely know it's it's Christian yep. Dempsey, and or Josie. Josie's just a name. I just I don't think he started though. I just don't believe it. You know, they play- he's not starting tonight for the Revs either. Just a shout out to him. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Um, because remember, they got the win at, I think it was against Panama. I remember this because yeah. I was watching it. I don't remember. Oh my God, that striker. I don't think any of these strikers right now have were even in this this team at this time. I think there was one that was, but I don't think he will be at the World Cup even today. today. Um. All right, I'm gonna go with this. F it. I'm gonna go with Jesse Zardak. I'm gonna go with him. Jesse was not even in the A team. Was he? Oh my goodness. Well, so you've gotten you've gotten one. It's Christian. 
Not even Dempsey. Wow. Okay. Dempsey was on the bench. Josie was in the starting lineup. Wow. Incredible. And generational type talent that has extremely fallen off and is now Rail Salt Lake is Bobby Wood. Oh my God, Bobby Wood. <laughs> Where have you been, my guy? Oh. Yeah, yeah, no way. I completely forgot. He was a name that, yeah, he was part of that whole World Cup qualifying team and he just pulled off. Yeah. So, so you're, what is that? You're uh, six. You're getting six. Six of 11. So that's, I think mathematically yeah, I've already won. But. Uh, let's see. Hold up. I mean, I think you pretty much won, but, well, I mean, go ahead. You might be a little higher. Hold up. Let's see. You know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So you keep it in your head, and I'll see if I can get the last one right. Uh, all right, here we go. Who, who, which England player mm-hmm. not only scored the most goals in 98 World Cup, also scored the most goals in 2002 for England? He was the England leading scorer at a World Cup. So I'll give you three options. Here we go. Okay. Michael Owen, David Beckham, or Sol Campbell. I don't know why you would have thrown Sol Campbell on there only to throw me off. <laughs> There's no way he would have done it two World Cups in a row from center back. Beckham. Beckham would have been. Okay. I'm trying to think now. Beckham would have been between United and New and um, Real Madrid. Yeah. He would have been in the middle of the two, I think. I still don't... I think Michael Owen's the easy answer because he's the striker out of the three. But... I don't think it would have been him. I think it would have been David Beckham. I think it's David Beckham. And if it's Saul Campbell, hats, hats off to Saul. <laughs> uh, the answer is incorrect. It is actually Michael Owen. Michael Owen had two goals for 2098 and 2002. Um, I looked this up a couple times with Michael. It's pre- it was pretty obvious. I gave you a midfield and defender, but I Campbell actually had two goals. He was tied for England in 2002 with Michael Owen. He actually had two goals in the world. Who knew? But yeah, I kind of put him in to throw you off. Right now. But technically, you still won. 66%. So you got the victory over me with the struggling Bobby Wood. Or even the the the, the, the nag nagby that really had I literally had I have five minutes and just refused to just put his name up so I, that is my mistake but Ben you have won football hoop this let's week. go yes. Good I'm one. not sure if this is your first victory but it is second or third second or second. third I mean that's a fist pump right there uh, what a what a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll leave it there. Um, next week, we'll get into much more of the transfer window talk. I mean, we're in the summertime. Um, we still a lot of transfers that are supposed to be made. Still a lot of news that's going on in the world of football. We're going to have try these pods maybe a week or even two since it's kind of slowed down throughout this window and then kind of more towards the season will kind of be more consistent every week, everybody. So, and we'll try to put more content as Ben had an interview last week, kind of our, our bonus episode. So for people to tune in, they have a couple interviews as well. Um, if you guys want to tune in as well. So uh, any last words, Ben, before we go. Revs kickoffs in 13 minutes. Let's, let's go. Alexander Pato's in the building. It's going to be a great night. It's going to be a great night here. Uh, Yes, absolutely. And also go, um, actually go Warriors. Let's go. Um, Whoa. I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss Donnie Alves, by the way. I will miss him very much. I was so looking forward to watching Donnie Alves here in New York, but that's going to be a really shame um, that he will not be playing for Barcelona anymore. And we know who's going to take his number eight. So we don't have to talk about that, but uh, much more here on the final whistle podcast, much more content. Um, and we'd like to hear any feedback for anybody here. And we'll see you guys next week.